Good morning, brethren. We thank God who has given us yet another day for us to be able to come together, share the word of God, encourage each other, pray together. I'm reminded today is Mother's Day, and I would like to wish all the mothers happy Mother's Day. Good morning, mothers. God bless you. At the end of the service, we shall be praying for the mothers. Today, I would like us to look at a text uh, in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 6, from verse 24. I am going to read uh, quite uh, uh, several verses. So just bear with me. This is a city of Samaria that was besieged or under siege. Or today we can say city under lockdown. This is very relevant to the situation that we are in today. We're going to see what happened to this city that was besieged by the, an enemy. This is what the Bible says from verse 24, 2 Kings chapter 6. Some time later, Ben-Hadad, king of Alam, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for eight, 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cup of a seed pods of for five shekels. As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord, the king. The king replied, If the lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? Then he asked her, what's the matter? She answered, this woman said to me, give up your son so we may eat him today. And tomorrow we will eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son so we may eat him. But she had hidden him. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. As he went along the wall, the people looked and they saw that under his robes he had sackcloth on his body. He said, may God deal with me, may God deal with me, be it ever so severe, if the head of Elisha, son of Shepherd, remains on his shoulders, Today, now Raisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a messenger ahead, but before he arrived, Raisha said to the elders, Don't you see how this mandra is sending someone to cut off my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold it shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's footstep behind him. While he was still talking to them, the messenger came down to him. The king said, This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Raisha replied, Hear the word of the Lord. 
This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. A seer of the finest flour will sell for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was reigning said to the man of God, Look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heavens, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it. Verse 3 says, Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we say we will go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. If we say if we stay here, we will also die. So, let us go over to the camp of the Arameans and Sereda. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk, at dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys they left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had reached the edge of the camp entered one of the tents and ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent, and they took things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, What are we doing? What we are doing is not right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the loyal palace. Let's stop there. It's quite a, a, a large text. If you want to understand the entire story, you can read through chapter 7, and you'll get to the end of it and see what happened. But I'll be quickly, I'll try quickly to narrate this story. King Ben-Hadad of Aram, or Assyria, attacked Samaria. And he besieged the city of Samaria. He knew that the people inside will not be able to come out immediately because they were well protected. The wall that surrounded the city of Samaria was a strong wall and the enemy could not be able to enter 
unless the gate is opened. And the gate was also a strong gate. But the Ben-Hadad, or the Arameans army, say to themselves, we will stay here, surround this city, until everybody dies inside, or they will come out because of hunger. Because they knew man will need to eat. And they also knew that they will exhaust every food they have. And after that, they will surrender, or they will come out to look for food. And we are told they stayed there for a long time until the Israelites ate almost everything. They ate all the cattle. They ate the sheep. They ate all the chickens. And they started eating donkeys. Now, for your information, a donkey was an unclean animal to the Jews. They were not allowed to eat it. But at this time, they are hungry. They need something. They had to resort to eating anything that they could find. What did they do? This is what they did. They purposed and they decided, we will eat all the donkeys and anything else. Surprisingly, the head of a donkey was costing 80 shekels. And a cup of a, a dove's dung would cost five shekels. But we are told one day, the king was walking ar along the wall. And as he was walking along the wall, he was on top of the wall. Two women, one woman shouted at him and asked for help. And the king said, how do I help you? With what? There is no flour. There is no wine in the wine press. In the threshing floor, there is no flour. What, if God does not help you, how can I, the king, be able to help you? Nevertheless, he asked, but anyway, what did you want? And the woman said, yesterday, this woman told me, we eat my son, and then tomorrow, we shall eat her son. And we ate my son. But today, she has hidden her son. When the king heard that, the Bible says he tore his robes. And as he was walking along with a torn robe, people noticed that inside the inner clothes that he was wearing was a sackcloth. Now, this is very interesting, because why was the king wearing a sackcloth? This means that the king had reached the end of himself, and he was in a repentant mood. That's why he was wearing a sackcloth inside, but on top he had his royal robe. 
So it means that the king was seeking help from the Lord. Thank God. But when he heard this, it is said, he was angry. And he vowed that Elisha's head will not remain on his shoulder that day unless the king is not alive. Why does he want to blame Elisha? I do not know. Probably because Elisha was the man of God. Elisha was the prophet that told him, Repent, O king. Put on sackcloth and the Lord will hear us and come to our rescue. But this God has not answered yet. He has not come to the rescue of the, Samar the, 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 the people in Samaria. Instead, they have now started eating human beings. This was a tragedy. They had eaten, it, is, it was okay to eat the donkey's head and dung from a dove. But when it resorted to eating other human beings, you know, the king was at rage and he was annoyed with the man of God. And the, he thought the only way is to kill Elisha. And he sent his messenger ahead to go and cut off Elijah's head. But Elijah, Elisha, sorry, had already been in, informed by the Spirit of the Lord the intention of the king. And he tried, he asked his people to shut the door. But before he shut the door, the messenger was already in. Fortunately, the king also followed the messenger. And it looks like the king was sorry about his intention. Because it is said, the king accept, said this, this disaster is from the Lord, why should I wait for the Lord any longer? In other words, he stopped blaming Elisha, and now he is blaming the Lord God Almighty. And because he had repented of killing Elisha, and it looks like he was now looking up to God, there was there came the word of the Lord from the mouth of Elisha. And this is what the word of the Lord says. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a seer of the finest flour will sell for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria tomorrow. Of course, it is said, the officer on whose arm the king was leaning. In other words, the first officer said to the man of God, Look, even if, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heaven, could this happen? In other words, the first officer doubted the word of the Lord. But the word of the Lord has already been spoken. Last Sunday, I referred you to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, where the word of God says that God allowed famine or hunger, the children of Israel, to go through hunger without water so that he can test them and also teach them what was he trying to teach them? That man shall not live by blood alone, but he can live all shall live 
by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Today I want you to see this prophet of God. The king is desperate. And why is the king desperate? Allow me, first of all, to tell you a little bit about this king. His name is Jolam. Jolam was the son of Ahab. Ahab was one of the worst kings that Israel ever had. He is the one who introduced the worship of Baal or idol worship from other nations. He is the one who married Jezebel. Jezebel, who was a daughter of a heathen king, who introduced idolatry in the land of Israel. Joram becomes king. In 2 Kings chapter 3, this is what it says. Joram, son of Ahab, became the king of Israel in Samaria. In the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he reigned 12 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not as his father and mother had done. He got rid of the sacred stones of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he clung to the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. There he did not run, turn away from them. Now I want you to, to see this. This is a son of Ahab. The Bible records that when he became king, he did evil, but not as much as his father and his mother, Ahab and Jezebel. For he destroyed, the, the, he removed the, the worship of Baal. But there is one thing he did not touch. He did not touch. He, he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam. The Bible says, he, nevertheless, he clung to the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. Which is this sin of Jeroboam? Those of you that are Bible scholars, you recall that when Solomon became king, his, when, and his son, Rehoboam, took over from him when Solomon died. The kingdom was split into two. And there was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is the kingdom we are talking about. That is the kingdom where Ahab was king and where now uh, Jeroboam, or rather uh, Jolam is king. But before, the first king was, Je Je was Jeroboam. And Jeroboam introduced the worship of idolatry to the kingdom of Israel. Remember before, they all used to worship one God. And they would worship at Jerusalem. But now, Jerusalem is no longer the, the capital of the northern kingdom because the kingdom had been split into two. And Rehoboam has one kingdom, that is Judah and Benjamin. And Jerusalem is in Judah. Now the Bible says that Jeroboam thought to himself, if these people continue to go to Jerusalem to worship, they will entreat the Lord and they will turn against me and overthrow me. So what do I do? It is to stop them from worshiping the true God in Jerusalem. 
And then what did he do? He introduced two altars and he made two golden calves. And he told the people of Israel, Behold, these are your gods. This is how you'll be worshipping. In other words, he introduced state religion. And it was an, a, 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 a derogatory type of religion. He took the people away from God. We are seeing this scene continuing now with King Jolam. And because of these sins, this nation has been attacked. Because of their sins, God has abandoned them. And they are under siege. They are under lockdown, if you like it. They can't come out of the city. They can't go out. They have to stay in the city. We are lucky, though we are in Nairobi, we are still allowed to get food from other counties. But you can imagine if nothing comes to Nairobi. We shall eat what we have. After some time there will be nothing. We shall start looking for what to eat. For man will always look for bread. But because of this, sin has come to the kingdom of Israel. And they have called judgment. They are under judgment. Time will not allow us, but I would have liked us to see um, Deuteronomy 28. Allow me to just quickly read through. Verse 53 says, Because of the suffering that your enemy will inflict on you, now Israelites, during the siege, talking about the siege, that you will eat the fruit of the womb, the flesh of the sons and daughters of the Lord your God. This is where the curse came from. It was actually predicted that a time will come because you have disobeyed God that you will be under siege and you will exhaust everything to that extent that you start now eating the fruit of the womb. That is a child. And you'll eat the flesh of human beings. It is there. If you want, you can read it. You will see it. If you read from uh, the whole of chapter 28, you will discover the, the curses that has been pronounced to these people because of disobeying God. Now today, we are seeing a situation where a city is under siege, where a city is under lockdown. There is no food inside. They have started eating human beings. But God has heard the cry of the king and of the people. I want to announce to you today that God will always hear the cry of his people. It doesn't matter. We may be going through judgment, but when there is a voice that at the end of the day turns to God and says, Lord, have mercy on us, heaven will always hear and respond. We see a situation where the king is desperate. He wants to kill Elisha. But he changes his mind and realizes that even after killing Elisha, things will not change. 
But he turns to God and he is desperate. But God hears his desperation and speaks through Elisha. The word of the Lord will change a situation. And Elijah says, tomorrow at this time, a seer of fine flour will sell for a shekel. I want you to understand something here. The head of a donkey was selling for 80 shekels. And the head of the donkey has no meat. It is not enough to feed a family, believe me. But now, because they have repented, the word of the Lord comes and says, tomorrow, a seer of a fine flour and two seers of barley will sell tomorrow for a shekel. Now, I want you to, to, I want you to, you to note something here. A seer is equivalent to 21 kilos. So we are talking about 21 kgs of flour. That is enough to feed 100 people. When you talk of two seers, we are talking of 42 kilograms of barley. That is a lot of food. A day before, they were eating human beings. They were buying a head of a donkey for 80 shekels, 80 times. Today, with one shekel, they have enough food to feed 100 people or more. Because there's actually more. Because 21 kgs of unga can feed 100 people. If you add barley, 42 kgs, you can feed another 100 or 200 people. So in other words, there is now plenty. There is provision. Though they are in lockdown, though they are under siege, the Lord has promised I am coming through, and tomorrow there will be sufficient food at the gate of Samaria, we are told. The king's officer doubted, and he said, even if God were to open the floodgates of heaven, such a thing cannot happen. But the man of God told him, you will see it, but you will not partake of it. In other words, you will see what I'm talking about happening tomorrow, but you will not benefit from it. Brethren, we said that man shall not live by bread alone. As a matter of fact, there is no bread in Samaria. They have eaten everything. That's why they are eating the head of a donkey. That's what they were eating. They were eating the remains or the drops of doves. But God has spoken. And he has said tomorrow. At the gate of Samaria. A seer or 21 kgs of flour. Fine flour. Will sell for one shekel. You can say probably call it even one shilling. Or one dollar. But that's how much it will cost. In other words, there will be so much provision that the prices will be un 
believable, low. You can't believe it. Of course, the king's first officer, using his might as an economist, as the servant of the king, where would such provision come from? We are at a siege. Who would supply us? The Aramean army is surrounding us. How can we get provision under this condition? Brethren, the Bible says, the following day it happened. If you read through the story, we don't have the time to finish the story, but if you read through the story, it is said there were four lepers. And I, I like this, because these four lepers were not inside the city. They were actually kept outside the city. Why were they kept outside the city? Because they had an infectious disease like corona, or worse than, than corona. So they were actually quarantined outside the city. They were thrown out. They were not part of the people that were inside the city. The people inside the city had exhausted their provision. And therefore, there was nothing that they would be able to throw even to those that are in quarantine. And these four rappers had an idea. They said, now look, we have no food. If we stay here, we will die. If we go inside the city, there is famine, there is no food. We shall die inside the city. And in any case, they may not be allowed to enter because they are quarantined. But they had another idea, they said, but they are, that's the camp of the Aramean. If we go there, they might give us food and we shall live. And even if they don't give us food and kill us, we shall die anyway. So whether we stay here or we go there or we go inside, chances are we will die. But there is hope that if we go to the camp of the Aramean, we might live. And that's what they did. They chose to go there. But the Bible records, when they arrived there, there was nobody. There was no army. But there was so much provision they entered into one tent. They ate food. They took gold and silver. They took clothes. They went and hid somewhere. When they came back, they entered into another tent. They found there is plenty of food. There is plenty of gold. There is plenty of clothing and silver. They took and they hid. And then they looked aloud and they saw, we will never be able to exhaust this provision. They said, why should we stay here? Why don't we go to the city and tell them of what has happened? And they went there and they told them of what had happened. And as the man of God has spoken and said, the army went and they the the Syria, the, 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 Samar, the Samarians or the Israelites, they went to the camp and they discovered the Arameans are not there. They took the provisions. They took so much food, so much clothing, so much money that at the gate of Samaria, that same same day, uh, 21 kilos of flour or a seer was selling for a shekel. 
just as the man of God had pronounced. Remember we said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When God spoke, he spoke provision. When he spoke, the king and the officer, they did not know where the food would come from. Probably even Elisha did not know where the food would come from. But he spoke the word of God, and there was provision. Brethren, we may be in a situation where our resources are depleted. We may be in a situation where we do not know what will happen tomorrow. We may be in a situation where the world is not sure of what will happen by the end of the year. No one knows for sure when this thing will end, when the siege will end, when the lockdown will, will end. And I want to say that in desperation, people may do many things. And I hope and I pray that we'll not get to that place where we are eating fellow human beings. But a sad story was in the paper a few days ago where a mother was boiling stones to deceive the children so that they can sleep, hoping that the food will be ready by the time they, wake, they woke up. That's a desperate situation. It is true we may not be like the Samaritans. We may not be like the people of Samaria. We may not have reached there. And I pray that we will not reach there. But there are people who are in need and they are in desperation. They need help. And the government may not be able to assist them. But I want to announce as a man of God, there is God in heaven. When he speaks and he says, I shall provide, he will provide. As I said, you may look at your store. There is nothing that is in the store. You may look at your fridge, there is nothing. You have exhausted everything. You may look at your bank account, there is no money. And the employer did not set the salary. It's already stopped. And you're wondering, what next? I want to assure you, there is a God in heaven who understands that there is a lockdown. There is a God in heaven who understands that we are under siege by coronavirus and we need help. In desperate situations, desperate decisions are made. The four lepers were in desperate situations. It was either they stay there and die, go inside the city and also die with a fellow citizen who are in the city, or go to the Alemian camp with the possibility of getting food or also dying. But they choose. There is a possibility we might get some food. Though we may also die, we will go there. God will use anybody to solve our problems. He is God, and he is not like us. We are limited. He is not limited. Who would have imagined that four lepers who are quarantined, 
They cannot be allowed to stay in the city. That they are the ones who will deliver the city. Oh, who would have imagined that? But look at what God did. When they started moving towards the Aramean camp, the Bible says that God made the Arameans to hear like there was a mighty army that was coming against them. They heard the foots of many soldiers that were coming, and they said to themselves, the king of Israel has sought help from the Hittites and the Egyptians' army, and they are coming against us. Brethren, we say God is not limited. He is able to deal with any situation. He is able to deal with the coronavirus situation. He is able to deal with the economy of the world or the nation. We may not be having money today or enough food, but God is with us and he will always be with us. There's a lesson to learn from this story. First of all, look at this King Jolam. He becomes a king, but he does evil, but not to the extent of his father. In other words, he is he's, he's a righteous king, but not fully. He does not depart from the sin of his, his former father, Jeroboam, who introduced idol worship into the land of Israel. So he clings to idol worship. But he decides, you Baal, I don't want to worship you. But the calf that Jeroboam made, you know, and the altar that he made, he continued to worship there. He did not abandon sin completely. What is the problem that we are having today. Similar problem. We have a world that is led by people who do not honor God. We have nations that have rejected God in their constitution. They don't mention him. Thank God, this country we say we are one nation under God. I pray that we practice what we have written in our constitution. But there are many nations of the earth today that have abandoned worship of true God. They are worshiping idols. Idolatry will always court, court judgment. When you worship idols, you provoke God to judge. And this is what he did with his people. My warning to the world today let us turn back to God. Stop worshipping idols. There is only one true God, Jehovah God, and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross on behalf of humanity. Our help cannot come from any other God on earth or in heaven except the true God. When we worship him, when we call upon him, he provides. He only needs to speak a word and he will mobilize the resources of the earth to our aid. He is God Almighty.
We may not be having a cure today, but I want to assure you, when we turn to God and ask for help, he will provide one. And that's my word for you today. Man shall not live by bread alone, but he shall live by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And when God speaks his word, it comes to pass. You better believe what God is telling you. Stop doubting. Don't look at your resources. Don't look at your store. Don't look at your bank account. That is the bread that you have. But you cannot live on that bread alone. Tomorrow it will not be there. But the word of God will forever remain. Let us trust God and believe him all the days of our life. I want to encourage you. Keep praying. Keep reading the word of God. Keep believing God. We are more than conquerors. We shall win this battle. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for reasoning. Amen. I want us to pray. As I promised, we need to pray for the mothers. It is Mother's Day. And let's remember our mothers. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for the gift of life. We want to thank you for parents. Thank you for the mothers that you have given us. They took care of us. May you remember them today, even as the world celebrates and honors them. We also honor them today. We pray that during this period or season that we are under siege, that you shall provide to the needs of the mothers. Who are the providers and the protector of the children? May they not lack bread to provide to that child who is asking for a piece of bread. Lord, we thank you and we bless you because you are good God. We pray this in Jesus' mighty and holy name. God bless you. Have a blessed Mother's Day. Amen. I hope that you have been blessed. May the Lord bless you. May that word keep growing in your heart. May that word keep ministering to you. May it keep uh, blessing your heart in the name of Jesus. Remember again today, it is Mother's Day. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not forget to appreciate your mothers wherever they are. Please call them. Please send them an SMS. Send them an MPSA message. Appreciate them for taking care of you, for bringing you to the far that you have reached, and they will feel loved. I am sure they will feel loved. And I want to say again to all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord watch, uh, keep uh, his face shining upon you and be good to you all the days of your lives. So God bless you so much. May you have a blessed week ahead. May, you, may your Monday be blessed. May your Tuesday be blessed. May your Wednesday be blessed. May your Thursday be blessed. May your Friday be blessed. May your Saturday and Sunday be blessed. God bless you. Take care. Sanitize. Wash your hands. Keep social distance and let us be each other's keepers. God bless you. And call a brother, call a sister, and let just love on them and keep checking on them. May the Lord bless you. See you next time.